All right. Well, whatever. Welcome back to the official podcast of memorizing lyrics to drill rap, but only if you're white. Uh, this is Reply All on NPR. Can we use any of these? Yeah, why not? Okay. Uh, <laughs> We've checked out of this, bro. We can <laughs> use all of this. <laughs> it's Your Parents Watch This, brought to you by Comedy Here Often. That was our two minutes of killing time streak. Good, Another week full of good riffs. Uh, what are we watching today, Key and Beatty? Uh, this week we're watching uh, Die Hard. Uh, it came out in 1998. It was directed by uh, John McTiernan. It stars Bruce Willis, uh, Alan Rickman, and uh, Bonnie Bedelia. You think it's a coincidence that the director's name is John and the main character's name also John? Yeah, I do think that's a coincidence. All right. <laughs> Me and my conspiracy friends uh, would disagree with you, but I guess you're just not woke yet. Yeah. I guess not. So, oh, let me do a synopsis of this. Welcome back to the official podcast of Social Justice. Hey, welcome back to the official podcast of uh, trying to feel like a person. Uh, this is uh, Die Hard. It's about an, an NYPD officer who tries to save his wife and a bunch of hostages when uh, a German man takes over Nakatomi Plaza. And you guys know what it's about. It's about Bruce Willis handling business. This movie's a, a you know, it's a fucking cultural touchstone. It's uh, referenced ca- uh, all the goddamn time in pop culture. Yep. And frankly, I don't get why. This movie sucks shit. I hated it so fucking much. This movie sucks shit. And we're brought to you here by Comedy Here Often, a division of the NYPD, to tell you about why this movie sucks shit. <laughs> uh, you want to start us off? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't really have a point here. Let's just get into why I hated this. Okay. Uh, First off, the direction of this movie. Who the fuck cares? It was so goddamn boring. The camera work had literally nothing going for it until maybe the last... I don't even know how you noticed the camera work. Like, I've never once... I just watch the movie. Like, I'm not looking at it like it's a camera. I just look at it like it's my eyes. Yeah, fair enough. It's just like, you know when you see, like, there's certain movies where it's like, you know, the shot's interesting. The way they're moving the camera is fucking cool. In Goodfellas, the way they have that one long sequence where they're following fucking Ray Liotta as he's walking into the bar on, like, that long steady cam. That's an interesting shot. I think the most interesting shot is when they shoot that guy and put him in the trunk. Which guy gets shot and put in the trunk? Oh, in Goodfellas. Yeah. yeah, that's another really interesting shot. That's what I'm talking about. Just cool shit like that where it's like but interesting it wasn't about uses the of the camera. It was about the murder for me. Okay, well, whatever. I liked that they put the camera inside the trunk and made it look up. That made you feel very helpless. That put you in the shoes of the victim. I thought it was fucking sick and tight. Die Hard is none of that. Yeah. Die Hard is full of medium to close shots. That's fucking it. I don't even think you get a full shot of the outside of Nakatomi Plaza. Uh, the extent of the camera work is a slight pan up, maybe a pan sideways. That's it. Like the coolest shot they had was when John McClane was swinging out of the building, like on the attached to the fire hose and busting into the window. Yeah. And that was just because they had no other way to shoot that sequence apart from having it be cool. Yeah. Now, what do you think was produced better? Die hard or die lit? I haven't seen die lit. Oh, that's the Cardi B album? <laughs> no, that's a uh, Playboy Cardi album. <laughs> because I would say that that revolutionized how music, how rap music is getting produced. But uh, this movie, I don't think they revolutionized shit about production, to be honest. Yeah, they really didn't. I mean... I don't want to be too negative about this movie because they did have a couple things that I liked in it. Let's talk about those. Okay. Uh, I thought that there was a really good attention to detail in this movie. Yeah, they had a nod to how 9-11 was an inside job. Did, did you they? guess that? You mean they guessed what was going to happen in about 12 years? 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't Google this before I made the theory, but that, yeah, sure. Okay. Because he drops a bomb down the elevator shaft, and then you see the outside scene of the tower, and it looks like a controlled demolition. Yes, and, and one you're of like, the cops comments, I wouldn't worry about this as jet fuel cannot melt steel beams. Yeah, one of the cops is like, that's not going at free fall velocity, so obviously a plane did it. Don't worry, that building will maintain its structural integrity. That's what the co- don't oh nothing's turning into dust. <laughs> How regular just of this as building. I suspected. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking propaganda ass movie. But like, yeah no okay so this movie did have good attention to detail. First point is uh, when John McClane was on the plane, there was that fucking loser next to him who was like, oh, I like to beat a fucking uh, jet lag by when I get there, I take my shoes off and I make fists with my toes. Yeah, was that supposed to be foreshadowing for when he has to walk on the glass? Yeah, so that that is like that whole, the whole point of that was uh, he got caught with his shoes off uh, when the terrorists took over because he was doing the toe fist thing in his hotel room. And being like, oh, this fucking guy. And then, like, the power got cut and he had to start crawling through the vents. So I think that was actually, like, a pretty good plot device to make some shit happen down the road. I was going to ask how he ended up barefoot because I didn't even notice that. I just assumed he was wearing shoes until he wasn't. No, that was how. It's because that fucking guy gave him dog shit advice on the plane and then he listened. Well, why are you listening to a stranger then? You're a fucking cop, dude. You should know how to handle jet lag. Yeah. That's not in your training manual? He's a New York police officer. That's why our parents watched this movie and thought the police need more funding. Because then the police will know to leave their shoes on. Because then the cops will have shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we need to buy the cops shoes. That's so fucked that they don't have any shoes. All these criminals outrunning cops by just going through, you know, broken glass. Society watched this and they were like, how you got a bulletproof vest but no shoes? <laughs> <laughs> Every cop has a weak spot and it's his feet for some reason. You, you heard that Achilles heel thing. <laughs> they got Achilles' entire foot. The whole, whole thing. The police department. whole thing is the Achilles. Yeah. Could you tell if Nakatomi Plaza was an apartment building or a business lounge? I think it was just like a business spot because like that was where the uh, uh, John McClane's, like it was, they were there for an office party. So like John McClane's wife well, was like. Yeah, okay. You know, chilling there for. I, I also could have been a hotel. Who you the know fuck's to up, say? Though, when he shows up to the party, the doorman's like, "Who are you looking for?" And then he searches for his wife in the directory and presses her name. And then the doorman's like, "Oh yeah, only ones in the building, thirtieth floor." It's like, why couldn't you just tell him that the only people in the building are on that floor? Well, because uh, they needed another way uh, during that whole scene. That was where they established that uh, John and his wife were distant because she changed his name. Originally, he went to M for McLean, and then that she wasn't there. So she had to go to, you know, whatever for fucking. Yeah, I saw that. But I already knew they were distant based on how they lived in different cities. Well, that's just you reading between the lines, Brad. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> well, I just feel like... <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, like, you're right. This is all just pointlessness. It's trying to drive stuff home because, like, this movie has literally one fucking, like... Ugh. Yeah, it's bad. Like, the only motivation for John McClane is to try and get his wife back. I think this movie was written so that you can understand it while you're playing beer pong 20 feet away. Yeah, pro- I think this... Yeah, it's... I fell asleep for about 30 minutes of this movie the first time I watched it, and I thought, like, the second time I watched it, all of it was gonna click. It just didn't. This I movie- didn't really miss anything at all, actually. <laughs> this movie taught her parents that you can mute a movie and listen to a Nickelback album while it's playing and still pretty much get the gist of it. Yeah, you really can. Also, for details, I like that... Um, 
You remember Ellis, like the shitty business guy who tries to make a deal with the terrorists? Yeah, the guy who's doing blow the whole time. Yeah, I, well, I like him because like he did blow off the top. Did you see that when uh, John McClane meets him? He's like wiping blow off his desk, and he's yeah. like, <laughs> like. Yeah, I thought that was excellent pimp. touch. I liked that. I like that little attention to detail, the nod to that he. And is I a think coke it's addict. cool when people do cocaine too. And I think I sh- I should do it when I see other people do it. Me too. And I like that's that. A good part of the I movie. like that this movie gives me the go ahead for that. Um, what else? Do I, <laughs> I like, like that this movie gives me permission to use drugs. Yeah, it it really does. Um, oh fuck! Did you know this movie was based on a novel? No. Could what novel? Im- I assume Die Hard. but could you fucking imagine like what kind of deranged motherfucker sits down and reads the events of die hard i think this movie was based on the great gatsby yeah or paul blart mall cop the novelization because did you notice it's oh shit storyline as paul blart well yeah i mean that's like the thing with die hard is that it really influenced so much fucking culture well i think the paul blart mall cop book came out before the die hard movie it must have but yeah, I mean, like, it's just crazy how much Die, uh, die Hard has influenced other movies like this. Uh, you know, Paul Blart, mm-hmm. the uh, Die Hard parody by the Workaholics guys. <laughs> so two Die Hard parodies? Yeah, two, and the <laughs> Die Hard parody and... Uh, yeah, this movie <laughs> had a lot of influence. <laughs> a lot of parodies made on... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know why anybody gives a fuck about this movie. Like, I feel like, like this is how we're going to remember fast and furious like there's gonna be a couple guys who really fucking love the fast and furious movies and then like we'll go watch them again in 30 years and be like why did people like this yeah because it's like i don't know man even like marvel movies there's some sort of like there'll be at least a conversation with a deeper meaning in it like i feel like this movie has nothing there's nothing (laughs) there's no character development everyone's static the entire time like You'd think, like, maybe John McClane was pulling up there not to, like, let me pitch you an alternate movie here. uh, John McClane pulls up there not to make amends with his wife, but to flex his new, hotter, younger 20-year-old wife Mm -hmm. on his old family. Uh, Then, partway through the attack, he realizes that she cannot handle herself as she was the first one executed by terrorists. So he goes and makes amends with his family and joins, you know, his ex-wife again. So you're pitching a movie where a guy has everything work out for him the whole time? Yeah, but at least he changes. That's the (laughs) same as Die Hard, but with some character development, bitch. That's the same core concept. Because I told you, like, before we started, John McClane is static. John McClane's wife is static. They both wanted to get back together since before the movie started. The only guy who changes in this movie is the cop who's, like, talking to McClane through the whole movie who mentions at one point that he uh, accidentally shot a guy, so he decided to never, you know, pull his gun on anyone again. And uh, become a desk cop for the rest of his life. At the end of his, at the end of the movie, that guy shoots a terrorist. So I would say that the only character development in this movie is a cop learning to kill again, and that's it. <laughs> that's really what life's all about, man. That's a beautiful story. I think he's the hidden main character of this movie. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I would say so. I found myself relating the most to him. I enjoyed that guy's dialogue the most, actually. I thought he was very likable. Yeah, yeah, quite frankly, I wish that guy was in the building instead of Bruce Willis. Yeah, because let me pitch you that for a movie. A cop who's a desk jockey who has resolved to never pull his gun again Fuck, bro. is trapped in a building where terrorists He's are. in terrible shape. He's out of breath the whole movie. He has no shoes on. Yeah. That's better. But all the terrorists are unarmed. So he has to learn how to kill unarmed people again. I think that, yeah. 
now it's an even playing field for him. He doesn't have to pull a gun, and neither do they. <laughs> now it's a documentary. Um, Man, how boring were the gunfighting sequences in this shit, so by the boring. way? I didn't even watch the gunfighting sequences. Bro, I, that was where I was falling asleep was, was the gunfighting sequences. Worse than the Steven, Steven Seagal gunfight movie. It genuinely in the Steven Seagal gunfight movie, I could at least enjoy that because he was sitting was, down. At least it was, at least that it was guy like, being lazy. The at whole least time. it was insultingly bad, <laughs> as opposed to this, which is just like bad. Like it's not, it's not bad enough for me to laugh at it, and it's got not good enough for me to be engaged. Yeah, it's just bad enough for me to be pissed. Like it's bad enough for me to see in the actor's eyes that he knows better exactly. as he's running across the screen dodging 50 machine gun bullets. And it just sucks because it's like those boring ass fucking poorly directed scenes spattered in with genuinely cool details. I loved the part where he kills the first like forget about where he kills the first guy. Irrelevant, forgettable. But after he kills the first guy <laughs> And he sends the body down to the terrorists and is like, yeah. I have a gun now. Merry Christmas. Tight rules. They yeah, should have was... put that in a different movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> they should have put a lot of this in a different movie because I feel like half of this is a movie and half of it is the scene from Westworld where the guy chases him. Down yeah, the you're hallway. right. You're right. Except, except... It's, it's just broken up and stretched out. Yeah, except now it's from Yule Brenner's perspective and somehow worse. Because it's like, at least in Westworld, it was good for the first half and then terrible for the last half. But this is like good, terrible, good, terrible for five minutes at a time. Ex oh, bro. And that's like the worst part of it is like, yeah, there's like genuinely good ideas, but they're just so bogged down by all this fucking mismanagement that it just becomes unwatchable. And like, I feel like the people. Yeah, who, man, it's like a J. Cole album. It is a J. Cole album. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's like you're, you're just remembering no role models and G.O.M.D., but you forget about all the other fucking filler on you that You forget shit, about man. the jacking off in math class song, <laughs> don't you? Don't you all forget about that when you call him the goat? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Did you ever answer the phone like Lucy when you were a kid? How would you answer the phone when people would call when your parents were out? Wait, how would Lucy answer the phone? She goes, McLean residence, Lucy speaking. <laughs> no, I'd just be like, hello? And they'd be like, uh, is this? And I'd be like, no, this is her son. And then you'd feel bad because they called you ma'am? Yeah, that's yeah. how it would go. I would just try to act like my dad. Like, I would just pick up the phone and be as rude as possible into the receiver, no matter what. I would, like, just yell at them for calling at dinner if it was, like, 1 p.m. <laughs> yeah, just that's anytime. how I handle shit now. I'm fucking eating, bitch! Hey, you want to know another detail that I really liked about this movie? Yeah. Uh, during the... Han uh, the f I think it was the first Hans Gruber sequence. It was when he was... Uh, uh, revealing his evil plans. I think after he had killed uh, the Nakatomi guy, or like yeah. you know the first boss, um, the first boss, the first boss. <laughs> when he kills the after he killed boss. Baby Bowser. Yeah, after he destroyed. Uh, yeah, but after that, uh, he's like kind of talking about how his plan. You know, he just wants to steal all the bonds that they have there. But did you notice what music they were playing? Uh, no. It was uh, Beethoven's Ninth, but like very, very slow and oh, yeah, menacingly. I that. They had a lot of weird classical music. I thought that was sick and tight because it also references that Hans Gruber was like classically educated in England and shit. So I think that just goes a very long way, actually, in like kind of revealing the type of, you know, just dastardly evil guy this is. Yeah. Well, if Hans Gruber's ass was so classically educated, why didn't he kill John one of the many times when uh, he could have easily done that? When were the many times? 
times he could have easily done that. Wasn't there a time where he was pointing a gun in John's face and then John was like, you don't know me at all. I'm built different. And then he stole the gun. Uh, yeah, but that was just because John McClane hand. That was actually another dope scene where Hans Gruber was pretending to not be Hans Gruber. He was pretending to be just a guy who got taken hostage. Yeah. And McClane figured out it was actually him by giving him a fake or a real gun that wasn't loaded and oh, waiting yeah. for him to try and shoot him with it. But it's like, wouldn't you feel that it's lighter because there's no bullets in it and then just pistol whip him? That's what I would have done. That That's what you would have done? Yeah noticed the slight difference in weight <laughs> between a loaded and unloaded gun and react accordingly? If you're a classically educated genius international terrorist, I expect you to know the difference okay, in weight. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. If they're playing evil classical music behind <laughs> you, then yeah, you should know shit like that, actually. If you're a criminal in a suit, yes, you should. <laughs> what do you think? Is this a Christmas movie or not? That's what people argue about when they talk about this. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, Honestly, I quite liked how they made it Christmassy. I felt I felt like it was very I felt like this movie is like how holidays are as an adult where they're just kind of in the background while you're trying to deal with things. I felt like this movie would have been a better birthday movie cuz it's this is how my birthdays feel. On my fucking birthday. My Christmases are still pretty good at 20 years old, but Yeah. So are mine, but I've had to cancel my last two birthday parties. My birthdays parties do I feel like a terrorist it. attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think my last two birthday parties, my family celebrated them without me because I was having a hard day that day. I do feel held hostage <laughs> by my own brain every year on my birthday. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess it kind of, like, it happens on Christmas, but there's no, like, holly jolly shit, right? Like, Santa doesn't Not really. I mean, like, they play a Christmas song at the end credit sequence. and Let like, me pitch you this. When they're escaping on the helicopter on the roof with the hostages, what if Santa flies in on his sleigh, knocks the helicopter off the building, and then arrests Hans Gruber and takes him to the North Pole to be uh, waterboarded? Yeah, and then you find out that... And uh, then you find out that the United States has a second Guantanamo Bay in the North Pole, and all the elves are... um, all the elves are like eugenically designed uh, little efficient humans it's that not even can like torture that. you way better than any other type of human. It's not even like Guantanamo Bay, man. It's a it's a black site. It's like Abu Ghraib in Iraq. It's yeah. nobody even Alaska knows Alaska <laughs> There was a lot of fucking product placement in this movie. Did you notice that? Only the Coke. There was the Coke, there was Nestle chocolates, there was uh, Forbes was also mentioned a bunch of times and was like in the background of shots. What was the Forbes connection? Hans Gruber at the... Uh, in the first part of the movie, when he's talking to the boss of the company, yeah. he references that he read about him in Forbes. Uh, when he's making his bullshit demands that he wants all the terrorists to be freed, or like freedom fighters to be freed, yeah. uh, then he also mentions that he read about some of them in Forbes. Now let me uh, riddle you a In query. the background of the guy eating the Nestle chocolate bar, there's a bunch of fucking Forbes <laughs> magazines. <laughs> let me pitch you something here. If you're an international terrorist who's also a criminal bank robber type guy, how do you have a magazine subscription? What address are you putting on the on that Forbes mailing card? Maybe he just goes to pick him up. Maybe he's got a P.O. box for all his magazines to go to. Wouldn't that be hilarious <laughs> to get a P.O. box and do nothing weird with it? Just, like, send your mail there? <laughs> well, I mean, I think people do that, right? Because that's why they still have P.O. boxes. The it's only like... time I've ever needed to open up a P.O. box was when I wanted to order a weed vape and I still lived with my parents. Yeah. And also weed. Is it easy to open a P.O. box? All you, you need is an ID and a place that is a P.O. box, baby. So you have to do it in your own name? I think so. All right. Well, that's all I'm going to say on the <laughs> podcast. In case someone 
catches my drift. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if I was a if I was ordering Forbes and I was also an international criminal, I would probably maybe I'd go down to Seven Eleven and buy it. But then there's no guarantee that you're going to get it every month. That's all I'm saying. It's a bit of the criminal's Well, this is interesting speculation it. here, Bradley. I call it the criminal's The logistics conundrum. behind <laughs> buying a Forbes. <laughs> I'm just saying. We were, we were saying earlier that this movie's not about anything. I think we, we may have found something that it's about. Okay, well, the fact that it's only about Hans Gruber buying a Forbes potentially off-screen <laughs> is like... <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me that's not thought-provoking. I mean, in the context of a movie that literally provoked no thoughts, then, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is pretty thought-provoking. But, like, if there was one other thing going on in this movie, I'd call that the dumbest fucking theory you've put forward. But since there isn't, thank you for saving this shit, Brad. <laughs> the most thought-provoking part of this whole fucking movie is how he might buy a Forbes. <laughs> I guess, though, they're probably just in all the offices he's always robbing. So never mind. It's not even thought-provoking. Yeah, no, he's probably he probably just saw it on the coffee table he passed <laughs> on his way into this terrorist situation. You know what? He's a terrorist. He's probably just lying about having read Forbes, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I don't know, man. There, like, I just feel like there's no reason to watch this. Like, there seriously isn't. I feel like this movie could, could, be, could be completely skipped. I don't think this movie does anything any better than Death Wish, quite frankly. And we dumped on that movie hard. Like, th- yeah, Death just Wish like, it was at least fun. Death Wish was fun. This is like... This uh, isn't even like an who idea. Who cares? This is just, <laughs> this is just like Maybe. how dudes picture... Like, this is how line cooks picture their day, quite frankly. It could frankly. be because we've seen so many movies rip it off. But yeah, like this... I don't like, think so, the though. The plot of this doesn't even feel like a fun plot. No, me. it's like... I mean, even like uh, with Scarface, people rip that off. People rip off... good. People rip off lots of shit that's still good. But At like this is like... you play mind games with Scarface, though. Exactly. Well, it's like... I I mean, there's just, like, nothing going on in this. You can't even think about this shit. You can't. (laughs) If you try and think about it, you get angry. Yeah, you're, like, more like diarrhea hard. Yeah, bro, I watched Live Free or Die Hard, the 2007 reboot of this movie featuring Justin (laughs) Long, and I genuinely think that's better than the first Die Hard movie. (laughs) Rare that a movie with a longer title is better than the original movie with the short title. The movie that's a pun name based on the first movie is better than the first movie what about live fast die hard bad girls do it well my 2021 remake of it and it's an all-female reboot except (laughs) his wife is a man pretty good her wife is a man (laughs) (laughs) strong plot (laughs) yeah i don't know like this movie just kind of made me hate talking about movies i was like yeah no one should like i yeah watch this shit like, fuck man i hate this movie yeah i've opinion. got nothing else this is a short episode because of how much i fucking hated this movie i was mad that i had to watch it so many times i was mad that i had to think about it for this many days in a row yeah like we j- we do like al like bit allegories a lot on this podcast but it's rare that it's so impossible to find one yeah, this like, movie had no subtext to it. It's aggressively only about what it says it's about on the poster. Yeah, like, serious. There's a Bruce Willis looking stressed out on the poster, and that's what you're getting. Yeah, like you, 
yeah, just I'm struggling to read anything into this. It's so hard. Yeah, Die Hard is genuinely one of the worst movies we've covered on this podcast. It's a fucking crime that it's as culturally relevant as it still is. Like, how are you an action movie made in the 90s and you're worse than Reefer Madness, the original cut? Jesus Christ, that's a fair how point. Are you, <laughs> how are you an action movie made by Hollywood and you're worse than Strictly Ballroom, the straight-to-DVD Aussie movie? This shit had a multi-million dollar budget and any scene in class of 1984 is more memorable than die hard it's crazy that class of 1984 is still the best movie we've covered on this (laughs) podcast like we still haven't topped that and hollywood hasn't either they haven't bro (laughs) yeah this movie is a lot like king von it said i am what i am and what i'm not i'll never be and what i'm not is an allegory or a good story yeah i don't even know if i've Fuck, man. I just can't believe that people have been giving this movie credit for 40 years, 30 years or whatever. It's like, yeah, just like listen to a song if you want to hear a better story than this. Like anything. Imagine a thing that happened. Yeah. (laughs) Every single medium, including conversing with someone you don't like, has better stories. Tell me about your day and there's (laughs) going to be more plot points than in Die Hard. Like, how are you? How do you take place in a thousand story skyscraper and you still don't make one point about capitalism? (laughs) at all? None, bro. None. Like it's I don't know. It even like fucking Point Break had some points about the police and shit like exactly Point Break a movie about surf cops that turned out to be a, about skydiving was <laughs> deeper than Die Hard. Yeah, like this. Oh thing. man, I thought man, I genuinely thought going to this movie we could make some stretch about how like you know this movie's about like the how the police have to deal with everything and that you know like they don't get a break but like it's not even about that this shit just sucks. Yeah, like the only one I can do is one we've already done about how this movie makes people think we should give the police more money. But it's like Yeah, like maybe it is but also maybe like this movie makes us, me think we should give hollywood more money so they can hire a guy who knows how to write something yeah yeah i don't know man this movie quite frankly just made me mad it also, made me like, mad that it uh, came into existence it made me mad that it's been staying in the fucking it, spotlight for so long it pisses me off to find out that it's uh inspired by a book because that like just makes me think about all the other books that there was yeah there's so many books. Think that- about the masterpieces that went <laughs> unpublished so that a guy could write the novelization of Die Hard. Oh, uh, man, there's just so many fucking books you could have movified before you had to movie whatever. I don't even know what the book was that they movied. How the fuck did a guy read these scenes and <laughs> think that uh, they should be shown to somebody? Man, and then imagine reading this book like... It's, it's Holy still fuck. just only what this movie I is. I just can't picture... It's just 600 pages. I just can't picture, like, coming home from a long day at work and cracking open Die Hard the novel. I don't even know how you can write something so long that is that has, like, so little to say. Like, yeah, this, it's two hours... It's more than two it's hours It's two hours long. and 11 minutes. This movie could have been a 90-minute movie, and I would have said it's stretching for time. Yeah, this, I mean, this movie... Honestly, this should have been the pilot of a sitcom or something. (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing here, man. Nothing. I don't know how they stretched it out into a five-movie series. That's Yeah, that's the other thing. Even, like, we're comparing it to Fast and Furious, but I think Fast and Furious has something in it. It's fun. I mean, like, there's obviously something there that keeps people coming back. And you can also say with the Fast and Furious movies is that they're getting better. Like, I mean... Fast Five was decent. I enjoyed it. I had a fun time when I saw that, you know? 
But like, I mean, I can't really comment on this. That's fair. But you know what? The Fast and Furious <laughs> movies are just there to be explosions and fun and whatever. That that that's a market for somebody. But, but you Die could argue Hard, this is too. But then it's like the you point could is argue that. this does it bad. Yes, that's my point exactly. Is that like there are versions of that where it's like you can have like an action movie romp with no substance and have it rule, i.e., Dread, I, like the uh, the Raid Redemption, um, American Sniper, um, precisely. <laughs> but like with this, it's just like it's a completely it's a uh, you know balls to the wall action movie, except for it's poorly directed. I don't give a fuck about a single character, <laughs> and nothing interesting happens with the exception of like maybe. 10 isolated incidents yeah this is like it, it feels like they want you to not give a shit about this movie but and then they like just and then all of it, they just like pepper in enough shit that makes you not turn it off which is the worst part about this <laughs> shit like they have that guy you know with the guy with the uh, the writing threats on the dead body they have yeah. uh, john mcclane dropping a fucking chair of explosives down an elevator him swinging which off again a fire is, hose into a building that is how they did 9-11 that is how they did 9-11 they also have fucking uh I, another example of something i liked but like it's just <laughs> like it's so few and far between and yeah. instead of just like sucking the whole time, they just like drop these little nuggets of goodness to make you think like, oh, maybe there is something here. And then you get two hours and 11 minutes later, you find out actually there wasn't like we spent a lot of time shitting on like a Scarface movie poster guys. But like at least you could hang out with one of them. Like, I don't even know what type of guy a diehard guy would be. Like, I don't think you could even... I don't think anyone's met a diehard guy because they don't know how to talk. I think every diehard guy is in jail. <laughs> every guy who loves diehard is dying on solitary confinement right now. Hard, bro. <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck every guy who likes this movie. That's such an aggressive stance. I hated this. And <laughs> anybody who sees any merit in this movie, just like they have no fucking lens for beauty or art. They have no barometer for anything meaningful in life. You've gone past fuck this movie. and you Fuck this movie. You're sliding right into the home base of fuck everyone who likes this movie. I'm talking myself into feeling like that. Because the more I think about it, the more the angrier I am at people who can look at this and be like, oh, I think it's pretty good. It's not pretty good. This is everything that's wrong in cinema. <laughs> fuck Die Hard. Except a montage. The only thing that they didn't have that uh, is an aspect of movies They could I stick hate. in a push-it-to-the-limit montage of John McClane regging up C4 in different parts of the building, and I would actually give that as a mark for this movie. Because <laughs> then at least something got fast-forwarded. Exactly. At least then maybe it would only be a two-hour-long movie. I like that when we started this, we were like, yeah, this is going to be a short episode. We don't got nothing to say. And then 40 minutes later, <laughs> fuck Die Hard. <laughs> I I will kill anyone who talks about this to me. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, how are you? How? Like, I know that it was made 30 years before Paul Blart Mall Cop or whatever, and I don't want to harp on it too much, but like, literally, how is this made worse than that? <laughs> like, that's like a Kevin James movie where no one was taking it serious at all. They just were trying to make money off kids, and like, still. They did a better job than Die Hard. I just can't believe people watch this every single Christmas and are like, yeah, this still holds like, up. The movies that characters watch in movies are better than this movie. Yeah, this is like a movie. That, this is literally a movie that characters watch in movies. Like, you could have Die Hard play on the screen in the background of a Tarantino movie and still get what's going <laughs> on. Like, it's nonsense garbage. Scarface should have watched Die Hard at some point. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. <sighs> they have no swag. There's not one ounce of swag in this whole movie. I will say there is one ounce of swag. And Who has swag? John McClane right at the end where he's uh, limping up, like his feet are bleeding. He's limping up against Hans Gruber. He drops his gun and there's a gun taped to his back. Awesome scene. Fuck, I'm pissed that it had to be in Die Hard. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'll I'll walk back my no swag claim. That was swag, but I wish they had that in American Sniper. Like, I wish at the gun range where Chris Kyle got shot by the PTSD guy, he had a gun taped to his back. (laughs) (laughs) That's how American Sniper ended. That would have made that a perfect movie, and then we never could have needed to make Die Hard. Yeah. Fuck, man. I don't know why I keep harping on American Sniper this week, but I'm thinking about that shit. If I went back in time, I wouldn't kill Hitler. I'd kill Die Hard. I'd kill... I would kill uh, the name... I would kill... um, John McTiernan, director of <laughs> Die Hard. <laughs> We're going to get hit with a lawsuit. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, like, I feel like this movie is the America that the Taliban say death to. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Fuck it. There's a lot of good stuff in America, but, like, this movie and this type of American, yeah, we should jihad against them. Yeah, so that's how I feel about this movie. And I'm sorry if that's uh, uh, offensive. Do you have any closing points as to why Die Hard sucks so much ass? I'm just I'm checking. Um, I just feel like like I could have done both the roles of this movie in real <laughs> life easily. <laughs> Don't you feel like that? What a bad guy or a guy who's had enough? I just feel like I could have pulled off Hans Gruber's plan better than he could have, and also I could have pulled off John McClane's plan better than he could have. Well, I don't want to... Yeah, okay. I think it's cool that you have that much self-confidence. Vouch for me. <laughs> Vouch for me on that. <laughs> Agree with me. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, like, I just feel like no one's smart in this whole movie. Like, none of them are really that smart. Yeah, I mean, like, literally, it's only the cop outside who is talking to McLean, who I like and have sympathy for in this movie. He's the only likable character. I mean, John McLean isn't even like, like, uh, he's not unlikable, but there's just nothing there for you to relate with. Yeah, and then, like, Hans Gruber compares himself to Alexander the Great and can't find one guy with his army of 30 guys. Yeah. He, like, walks in and he's, like, calls his, like, when Alexander looked upon his domain, he wept. And it's like, yeah, that's what I do every morning when I look at my dick. I go, <laughs> when Alexander look, looked upon his dick, he wept. For he had no mu- more pussy to conquer. For he smelled that he had no more <laughs> pussy left to conquer. <laughs> when Alexander <laughs> took the blanket off his dick in the morning, he wept. For he smelled that he had conquered every pussy. <laughs> and I think that's what we got to end this out on, man. This shit, <laughs> that's my final thoughts. I hated this movie. Uh, it was remade, and I liked it more. If you Don't watch Die Hard. Check out the 2007 remake, Live Free or Die Hard. It's somehow better. Yeah, fuck uh, this And shit. it's also bad. Fuck Die Hard. This shit is Westworld in a tower, and nobody's a robot, which I like less, even though I said I would like more. Yeah, imagine Westworld. if Yul Brenner was the main character of Westworld. Jesus fucking Christ, I hated this. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Look at your dick and weep instead of watching this movie. Yeah, and that's my recommendation to you, the or audience. Or your titties, if you're a girl. Or if you're a guy. Look at whatever you want to look at on yourself. Look at what you got. Yeah. Take all your clothes off and look at yourself in the mirror. And that's what you should do <laughs> instead of watching Die Hard. <laughs> that's the Die Hard remake, is you getting naked and looking at that. Yeah, the progressive re-release of this movie is, uh, yeah, you jacking off in the mirror. What do you think our parents learned from this? 
to go jack off. Yeah, uh, coming. I I bet they learned uh, sometimes it's okay to turn shit off in the middle. Yeah, like, um. <laughs> I've never seen this movie before, but I feel like this movie is why I hate movies. Like, this is why there's annoying-ass guys yeah, who are right. like, I actually read books. Yeah, this is also why I thought I hated This movie is why years. some people don't have TVs. Well, it's just like, this is the worst kind of movie where it's like, you think it's a classic, and you watch it, and then it's just like, ugh. It's nonsense, and they have nothing going for it. Yeah, this was just fucked. It. As it this is truly bad, like dude. the opposite of Scarface, like where it's you know both of them are cultural touchstones, but Scarface is looked at like it's trash, and Die Hard is looked at like it's the best Christmas movie of God, you know, all time. When really, Scarface rules, and this shit is the trashiest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, like, this has no artistic merit. There is no redeeming quality to Die Hard. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Even like reading the Bible is like a more fun experience to me than this is like at least there's a fucking allegory at least you understand (laughs) something about the world when you're done with that at least you understand why people are the way they are like every comic book i've ever read like even the archie comics have like a moral to this even like clifford the big red dog like fucking everything in the world has a moral to the story except die hard literally nothing it's insane man i don't get it like i don't under maybe i missed something Maybe I did too, but I don't think that I did. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get why anyone likes this, but thanks for listening.